0: Uh, all right, here's what we want to talk about today. Uh, so, uh, back in September, I got a cool opportunity. One of the perks, I think, of my job is I got to be involved in the wedding of John and Sarah. And so I saw John and Sarah. Where's John? There's John and Sarah. So, uh, and he, he, look at them. Aren't they? You guys just look so good. Uh, And so one of the cool things that they did for their wedding is that they made these cool shirts. Uh, You might have been wondering about this. And so this is, you know, the cool cool design, you know, upstate love story. And then on the back, they put all these like important dates and might have a tough time reading all these. You can go and look at them later on if you want to. But there's all these kind of like milestones in their life. Uh, so it's so, like, you know, here's, you know, when they met for the first time, and, you know, here's the first date, you know, big deal. Uh, there's something called the conversation, which uh, had to be a big deal, you know, they, the, the conversation. Uh, and then, you know, the first kiss, and it got all these milestones along the way in their relationship. And so a couple observations that uh, won't be all that novel to any of you about all of these is that all of these, represent some sort of series of decisions. Uh, They met for the first time, and there was a decision, am I going to actually talk to that other person? Am I going to stick around? Uh, There was a decision of like, okay, am I going to ask them on a date? Are they going to say yes? Uh, Are they going to, you know, uh, is there going to be a second date? You know, all these series of decisions, and all of them could have been the end. They could have met, and one of them could have thought, I don't care to ever meet that person again. And so they could have just ignored them. Uh, there could have been a first date. And then one of them could have decided, okay, I'm, I'm good after one date. That uh, There's not going to be a second date. Uh, but each time, they just kept deciding, okay, th- this step was good. I think I want to go another step further. I, I want to keep moving. And all of those steps, while significant on their own, were leading to one big step step. All of them were important decisions, but what they were trying to figure out, and at some point, the conversation started going in their head. Is this like, I mean, I like this person, you know, we've gone on a date. I said, yes, you know, we had our first kiss. Like, could this be the one, you know, could this be leading to marriage? Because while all of these were significant, marriage was kind of like this big thing, this big decision looming out there. and uh, Now, uh, I get a chance to do a handful of different uh, weddings, and I love doing weddings. And one of the things that once I get brought into the conversation, it's usually kind of at the tail end of all of this. So, you know, they've already been dating, you know, they've already proposed. And then they'll say, hey, John, can we sit down? Uh, we would like you to do our wedding. Uh, and at which point I say, I would, I, I would love to. But we need to sit down for at least four different sessions. Uh, And so at the first of those four sessions to kind of help them give some tips, uh, you know, some counseling before they get married, I ask every single couple a question. And the couple I ask is this question, why? Why exactly do you want to get married? Uh, I mean, after all, I mean, you guys, you know, you're already dating, you're already together, you know, you already obviously love each other. Like, Why exactly do you need a ceremony? Uh, why exactly do you need a piece of paper to like let everybody know how much you you love them? And I'll usually push the envelope a little bit on them. It's like I've been to a lot of weddings, I love weddings, but you got to know, like, there's nothing magical that happens at a wedding, like, if. you don't like wake up the day after you're married and all of a sudden you love each other way more than you did before. You know, it's not that like, you know, all the issues that can come up in a relationship are all of a sudden way easier the day after you get married. Like, you know, all a wedding is, it's just a ceremony. It's just a time where you're gonna say so. So why? Why is it this big decision that you have decided to make? And here's what they will often say, some version of these answers. Sometimes they will say, well, it's because I, I think I need it. I I love this person, but, like, I think I need some sort of a moment in time where I just, like, say, like, okay, I've I've, I've had other conversations, you know, I've I've kissed other people, you know, I've gone on other first dates. But, like, I need to, like, make a statement that, like, this is how much I feel about you. Uh, Or other times what they'll say is, why I think they need it. I think, I, mean, I think they know that I love them. I think they know that I'm committed to them. But I, I don't know if they know just how much I love them. I don't know if they know just how committed I I don't know if they know how much different they are than every other person. And so I think that they need a moment in time where I stand up in front of a group of people and say, I just want to let all you know, I, I am choosing you in the rest of my life. I want to love you. I want to be with you. Uh, and all of those kind of have this idea of, I don't know if this is still a term or not. In college, we used to call it the DTR. Is that people that are dating? Is that still a thing? People that used to date, is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, so in college, we, we would, it's maybe it's similar to like what they called the conversation. It was just like, okay, you're dating someone, you like each other. And it's kind of, it's like, like, what? what is this exactly? And so you have the DTR, which is the define the relationship. Like what, like, are we just like, do we just like each other? Are we, are we just like, but what, ex- how committed are you to this thing? Uh, how much do you really love me? How important am I over any, uh, am I more important than your job? Am I more important than your other friends? It, you know, like you, you, your your parents are giving you advice, you know, but like, how much are you going to prioritize me? Like, what is this thing? Uh, and that's kind of defined the relationship. Uh, last, and no one's actually ever said this before, but I think it I think it's important. I think it's there in some degree. It's it the rest of them need it. And here's what I mean by that. It's like every couple has this like orbit of people, right? You know, so it's like it's your family, it's your sister, it's your friends, it's your boss, and all of them are kind of on the outside watching, and like, okay, so like, they're what is this thing? Like, is that is it? Are they just together? You know, are they? You know, yeah, they. If I'm trying to figure out if they're going to make a career move, uh, I remember once when I was in college. Uh, it was a, a girl that I was dating, and, like, it was a little serious, but, like, like, my parents weren't really sure, and so it was getting ready for Christmas, and they're like, okay, is she going to be coming for Christmas? And what they were trying to figure out is, like, what what are you guys? Like, is she, I, is she just someone you're dating in college, or is she the kind of person that, like, you would bring home to meet family and be home for Christmas? Once we got married, once Ash and I got married, no one asked that question anymore. <laughs> they just assume you guys go together. You Everyone else knows how important, because when you get married, it lets everyone else know in this very public way, here's just how important, here's how much I love this person. Uh, Now, here's why I bring all this up. Uh, We're not actually talking about marriage or defining the relationship, although for some of you, I don't know your stories. Maybe that's what you need to have a discussion about this week. And so enjoy that. Uh, Hopefully I can start some fun conversations that way. And what what are we exactly? So you guys talk about on the way home. Uh, Here's what I do want to talk about today, though, is baptism. And the reason why I bring all this up is I think that baptism is a great analogy for it, a great metaphor for it, is the idea of a wedding, is the idea of this define the relationship talk. Uh, Because here's what, baptism is, in case you kind of knew this whole deal. So baptism is publicly declaring a commitment to make Jesus your king. It's this point in time where you stand in front of a group of people, and you say, I just want to let all of you know, Jesus isn't just like some thing I'm interested in. You know, I was exploring, you're kind of wondering what I was doing at church. But Jesus is more than that to me. He is my King. Uh, and anyway, just for definition, uh, what we mean by King, uh, we've talked about this a few times before. Uh, it's kind of the idea of, if you grew up, you might have played the game Simon Says, uh, you know, and then someone stand up front and say, you know, okay, Simon says, stand up, and I mean, Simon says, sit down, Simon says, tap your head. And the question I always ask is like, who exactly is this Simon character? That he just he can tell you to do whatever and you do it. Simon says to do it, you know, you you're asking a question. Simon says it, I I must do it. Si, Simon didn't say it. I guess I'm not gonna do it. And what we want, the idea of Jesus as your king, is the idea of okay, whatever Jesus says, I'm gonna do. Jesus says, spend your money this way, give this kind of money away. Okay. Jesus says, I, I want you to you, you, treat your resources like this. Okay. Jesus says, I want you to treat the really difficult people of the world, the people you disagree with, the people that have hurt you. I want you to treat them like this. Say, okay, whatever Jesus says, that's what I'm going to do. And it's actually pushed a little further than that because, again, there's, there's lots of people that we listen to. You know, I mean, we listen to you know, our spouses, we listen to our friends, we listen to our parents, we listen to our boss. There's lots of people who tell us things that we might listen to. But the idea with Jesus is that he's not just our king, but he's actually the king of kings. That We listen to Jesus more than we listen to anybody else. So if one person tells us this, our boss tells us this, if a lot of times we're our own king, and so here's what I really want to do. But if Jesus says something that disagrees with that, something that's different, and I kind of have this angst of like, am I going to do what I want to do? Or am I going to do what Jesus wants to do? Am I going to do what my boss wants me to do? Or am I going to do what Jesus wants me to do? I choose Jesus because he is king of kings. And baptism is a sign where you stand up in front of a group of people and say, I'm going to publicly declare that Jesus is my king, that that's who Jesus is. Uh, Now, a couple things about that. That's a big deal. That's a big commitment, kind of like marriage in no one just like decides that they want to get married you know, that doesn't just like happen there's 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 steps along the way that lead you to the point where you want to get baptized and we believe baptism is absolutely the same way that you don't just like walk in one day you know your first time every church and you decide you know what? hey today i'm gonna to get baptized more than likely uh I do know uh, there was one couple in my church. It was a professor in, in, in my college, sorry, in my college growing up. They met and married in seven days. Not normal, but they were actually a great couple. So maybe there's people that meet and marry, they, they, they fly through these steps very quickly. Maybe there's people that meet Jesus and decide they want to make him their king very, very quickly. I don't know. But for most of us, it takes days, weeks months, maybe years, of going through these steps, and that is fine. Uh, So, quick for instance for that, Uh, in the book of Mark, it tells the story of a guy named Peter, and Peter was a guy who made Jesus king, and this is how it uh, starts it off in the book of Mark. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, who would eventually become Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. So, this guy's just out there fishing one day. Uh, Go on. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And once they left their nets, and once they left their nets, and they followed him. And that's kind of interesting way to like tell the story. And the way like it makes it sound is that like this was a very quick thing that like, Simon, Peter, he's just out there fishing. One day Jesus comes and says, Hey, would you like to follow me? And Peter, apparently, without ever meeting Jesus before, with having no idea what Jesus stands for, what, you know, before exploring, asking any questions, he just says, Yeah, you bet, I'm going to come follow you. And that would be interesting. But that's not the way the story actually took place. And it's not the way that most of our stories take place when it comes to choosing to make Jesus your king. Uh, so here's how the story actually happened for Peter. And uh, I'll go through this quickly. We've talked about it before. You can look up all these passages. But how it actually worked for Peter is it started with a friend who told him about Jesus. It was a friend of his who was, thought Jesus was amazing. And so he went and told Peter, hey, you got to, you got to come meet this guy. And, for a lot of us, maybe that's how it starts, as someone told us about this Jesus guy, maybe invited us to church. And then at one point, uh, Peter asked Jesus for help. Uh, his his mother-in-law was sick, and so yeah, he didn't really know what he believed about Jesus, but he's like, maybe maybe I can say a prayer, and maybe he can make my mother-in-law get better. Maybe you know, she won't be as sick, and so let's give it a shot. Let's ask God for some help. And then he did Jesus a small favor. He let uh, Jesus borrow his boat so that he could stand on the boat and do some teaching, uh, and then Peter listened to the teaching. So Jesus is teaching in his boat, but Peter took the time to listen, to understand what Jesus said. And then Peter obeyed a crazy thing that Jesus asked. Uh, Peter had this moment where Jesus asked him, I want you to go out. You've been fishing all night. You haven't caught anything. I want you to go out in the middle of the day, which is not when you catch fish. And I want you to throw your nets to the other side and try to get, it's kind of this ridiculous thing of like asking him to do something that he would normally never do. But Jesus said, but Peter said yes. And then Peter decided that he was going to follow him. And then that wasn't even the end of his story. There was a time after that where Peter doubted. There was a time where Peter denied even knowing Jesus. And he kind of had this whole life with Jesus. And I bring all that up because for some of you, you're at different levels right now of your step with Jesus. And wherever you are at, I think it's a huge step that you've potentially taken. And I want to make sure that you understand that it was a big step and that we're applauding that step. If you're at the point where a friend has told you about Jesus and maybe you're here at church today or you're watching online and this is like the first time you're like, okay, I'm a little interested. I just want to find out more. The fact that you did that that's a huge step. That's monumental. Really, really big. Uh, if you decided that you were going to like pray for the first time and like, I don't even know what this Jesus thing's about, but I'm going to ask Jesus for help. Huge deal. If you're going to, uh, uh, Jesus is going to ask you to do a small little favor and you're going to, wherever step you are currently at, we think is a great thing. But at some point in this process, there's like attention. I mean, you can't, you can't stay at, like, the first date phase forever. It's, you can't stay. At some point, there's got to be this, like, okay, like, we're in the, like, what exactly are we? For Peter, there's a point in this where he decided, okay, I've, I've, I've researched, I've explored, I've asked some questions, and now I'm going to make Jesus my king. Uh, I, I'm going to say, you're you're not just, like, some guy I'm exploring anymore. You are going to be the king of my life, and whatever you tell me to do from this point forward, I am going to do that. Because that's what the idea of baptism is. Uh, Baptism is the idea that I'm going to go public with the idea that Jesus is king of my life. Uh, So, quick question. Have You ever, some of you are at different points in here, but some of you have made that decision at some point that you want to make Jesus king of your life. And have you decided that you want to go public with that? Do other people know? Is there a relationship that you need to have in there? And here's why I think it would be worth it for you to think about it. Uh, Because in some cases, I think that you need to have that conversation. I think you've been kind of trying to figure out like what exactly Jesus is with this whole deal. And you need like a moment in time. You're like, okay, yeah, I've, I've been coming to church. I've, maybe I've been coming to church for decades even, you know, for years. But like, there's kind of been this like question mark of who exactly Jesus is. And I think I need a moment in time where I say from this point forward, I'm going to follow Jesus. Uh, for others, it's that, and this might seem weird, Jesus needs it. Uh, Jesus was constantly kind of looking at the the crowds of people that would follow him. And he was always asking like, okay, who's really my followers? Who's the people that are really listening to me? Like, I want to know. Like, who are the people that are just here observing? And that's fine. I'm happy for you to observe. But who's the people that are going to sign up to say, I'm going to actually be your followers? And Jesus kind of needs this moment in time. And then there's the other people need to know. Uh, maybe you have, again, some co-workers, maybe you have some friends, maybe you have spouses, and they've kind of heard that you're like, you go to church every once in a while, they heard that you're interested in this Jesus thing, but they don't really know. Like, how important is this to you, really? And for you to go public with it could be this amazing thing. And that was the story all throughout the Bible, is anyone who decided that they want to make Jesus their king, they would take this big step to say, I'm going to get baptized. Uh, so here's just a little bit of an overview real quick of what the Bible uh, says about people who made this commitment. Uh, so it starts when Jesus was on earth. So this is Jesus while he's teaching before the cross, before all that stuff. Because Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples. So while Jesus was in his ministry, he was baptizing people who were saying, I want to become his disciple. I want to make him king of my life. Uh, And just more than John, although in fact, it was not Jesus who was baptizing him, but his disciples. So these folks that were his disciples were baptizing people. And that was how people were publicly saying, I want to follow this Jesus character. And then Jesus uh, died. He was resurrected. He's getting ready to send out his first disciples. You know, here's what I want you guys to do. And he says, therefore, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I want everyone to follow me. I want everyone to make me their king. And I want you to teach them about what it's going to be like. And when they decide, yeah, I think Jesus was who He said He was. I think He really was the Son of God. I think He really did rise from the dead. I want to make Him my King. That I want you to baptize them, and on and on and on. This is what happened. And so, 40 days after this, uh, Peter, guy who had started following Jesus, was standing in front of this big crowd of people, and he does a sermon. And here's what, how he ends the sermon. Uh, go to the next one, Kim. This is when the people heard this. so Peter had been preaching this sermon saying, here's who Jesus is. You need to make Jesus your king. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Okay, you've been telling us Jesus is king. What do we do? How how do we actually make Jesus the king of our life? And here's what Peter says. Peter replied, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. Uh, And so they heard this, and that's exactly what they did. Here's what it says next. It says, With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation, and those who accepted this message to make Jesus their king, were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to that number daily. 3,000 people, beginning of the church, decided we're going to make Jesus our king, and the way they showed that was through baptism. And then all throughout the rest of the book of Acts, as Christianity is spreading, almost every time that someone decides that they want to make Jesus their king— This is the step they take. Uh, So here's a story about a a guy named Philip. said, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. That's what they did. That's how they went public with this decision. Uh, Here's a a famous guy, a guy named Paul. He started off his uh, life as Saul. So then Ananias uh, went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going to become king of your life, but that's not all. All Here's what happened next. He said, Immediately, something like scales fell off of Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized because that's that's what you do. If you're going to Make Jesus king of your life. That's the step you take. And on and on and on, all throughout the story of Acts, all throughout the story of the early church, Christianity is like spreading all over the known world at this point. So I'll put that map up there. There's all these uh, churches that are just popping up all over the Roman Empire. Every town in the Roman Empire would have this group of people who said that they want to make Jesus their king. And the assumption was that if you were living in one of these towns, and that you were considered to be a Christian, you were considered to be someone who was following Jesus, the assumption was that you had taken that step to be baptized. Uh, And here's just a couple uh, examples of that. A guy named Paul was writing letters to all these different groups of people. Uh, He says, or don't you know that all of us who are baptized, uh, all of you, if you're in the church of Rome and you've made Jesus your king, of course. You've been baptized into Christ Jesus, and you were baptized into his death. Uh, Another time, uh, Paul was writing to a church in a town called Corinth. And again, for uh, we were all baptized by one spirit. Of course we were. Like If you're in Corinth, if you've made Jesus king of your life, of course you are baptized. Uh, Last one, church in Galatia, uh, Paul says the same thing. For all who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. And that was just the assumption. That if if you've decided to make Jesus king of your life, then you have taken this step to go very public to make Jesus king of your life. And so, again, I ask, have you gone through some steps with this Jesus guy? Maybe you've been attending church for a while. Maybe you've been reading the Bible for a while. But have you decided that you want to make that big step I just want, I don't want Jesus just to be like an influence in my life. I don't want him just to be a teacher in my life. I actually want him to be the king of my life. And if you've made that decision, then I would encourage you to go public with it by getting baptized. Uh, now, a couple of questions that might be floating around in some of your heads, and there might be some others, and feel free to uh, reach out to me about those. Uh, here's a couple of questions I want to go over. Uh, first is, What about infant baptism? Uh somebody's like, okay, yeah, I like the idea of like baptism. And like, okay, yeah, when I was a baby, I was baptized. And so is that what you're talking about? And I want to be as like sensitive about this as possible because I know this goes back to like family roots and like you know, what your mom and dad did on your behalf, or maybe your grandparents did on your behalf, you know, maybe what you did for your own kids that I understand incredibly special. But from what I understand of what baptism is in the Bible, infant baptism is not what they're talking about because the idea of baptism is that you are publicly declaring a commitment to make Jesus your king. And uh, we have two kids, Ashley and I, uh, they are amazing. When they were babies, they were amazing. I thought they could do amazing things. They didn't quite have that ability yet to make a commitment to Jesus uh, or a commitment to anything for that point. That was going to come later. Uh, And so what we do here at Christ Church Albany is we do what we call uh, baby dedication, uh, which is really, I think, the commitment that you can make as a parent, which is the commitment that we are going to raise our kids in such a way that we hope they love Jesus, love each other, and love the world. We're going to make that our priorities, and we're going to teach them with those values. But we understand— we. we can't control what our kids do. Our kids will make whatever decision they want to. As they they will decide what they want to make a commitment to when they get to the age that they can make those commitments. But we can't do that for them. Uh, another note about uh, infant baptism is sometimes there's this thought when it comes to baptism that it's a a check mark of sorts. Uh, that you know what we really want is we want to be saved. We want to go to heaven someday, and that baptism will be a check mark of whether you get to go to heaven or not. So it's kind of, you know, old like St. Peter, you know, St. Paul up there, you know, like, okay, you know, did you go to church? Did you read your Bible? You know, did, did were you baptized? And if you weren't baptized, you might not get let into heaven. And so that's a lot of the reason why sometimes people will go out of their way. I I want to make sure my my baby ends up in heaven. And so I need to make sure I get this step. And again, that is just Not what we see represented in the Bible. Uh, Actually, say most people who decided that they want to follow Jesus uh, were baptized, but not everybody. Uh, There there was a a thief on the cross, you might remember, and he followed Jesus literally, like right. He had no time to get down and get baptized. And I'm confident that he's in heaven someday. Uh, This isn't about like getting a check mark, Uh, this is about making a public commitment. Uh, And so, if you were baptized as a baby, I, I get it. I get what your parents are trying to do there. I get, I, it was very, very special. But if you feel like, you know what, that wasn't really me making a commitment, and now I want to make my own commitment, and that could be a really cool step for you to take. Uh, similar to that note, uh, the idea of what about re-baptism? Uh, which might be that maybe I was baptized as an infant, but now I want to I do it for myself. I want to publicly commit, and that could be a cool thing. For others of us, uh, maybe you were baptized as a kid, maybe you were baptized as, as an adult, but it was years ago, and if you're honest, you know, it's a big deal you know, to get married, but then like in the years afterwards, you were not living like Jesus was your king. And you could almost say there was almost like a divorce of sorts. I mean, this just was not, your wife did not look like someone who was making Jesus says, you know, whatever Jesus says, I'm going to do. That was not the story of your life. And so I think it could be a cool thing. I've known couples that they got married. It didn't go well. And then they said, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to be the wife. I'm going to be the husband. That I, I, and I, I want to, and they'll do a remarriage ceremony, kind of a cool thing. And I think, getting rebaptized for some of us, that might be a step uh, that you could uh, consider, and that could be cool. Uh, other uh, thing, is how exactly, the word that might scare some of us the most in this is this idea of public. How public do I need to do this? Because one of the things I've talked to many people, the thing that freaks them out the most is the idea that, like, I'm going to have to go in a tank of water, and I'm going to have to be wet, in front of a group of people and that just whole idea of, you know, my hair, my coil you know, that's, it freaks them out and I totally get it. So here's my answer to it. I think it needs to be public enough. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. I think the marriage ceremony works out pretty well. I know different people who get married in lots of different circumstances. I know some people who get married and they'll have, you know, 150, 200, you know. I mean, it's, it almost seems like everyone they know is at the wedding. And there's, their wedding ceremony is incredibly public. You know, some people are live streaming their weddings now, you know, kind of a cool thing. Other people I know, their weddings are very, very small, just a few people. Uh, and it's a lot of times just based off of comfort, what they want, you know, what they decide to do. And it, it, I think it's all great. What I don't know of is I don't know of any people who decide to get married, and for the most part, they keep it a secret. You was know, like uh, we're married now, but like our neighbors really don't know that we're married. You know, I, I'm, we're married now, but our coworkers like there's some something about how you get married that it, it's public now. Like everyone knows like, oh, yeah, they're not just my girlfriend anymore. That is my boyfriend. That is my fiance. Like I made a decision and somehow through social media, through letters, through just the way in which you let other people know, hey, what would you do this weekend? Big news. I got married. Somehow it becomes public. And the idea of getting baptized is that it should be public enough. If you don't want to get wet in front of a group of people, that's fine. We'll do it in a small setting. You can do it. Uh, you know, people that have got married, uh, baptized in, uh, in bathtubs, people that have been uh, done in, in lakes, you know, with just a few friends, and people that have done it in the middle of a church service with a bunch of people watching. Whatever is most comfortable for you, but it should be public. Because again, the idea in this is that there's other, fo- this needs to be a decision that is like being broadcast to the world. Uh, and then, last question that at least I came up with, you might have other questions. I think this is a big one actually Is how come we haven't talked about this much? If this is like, you're kind of making this seem like it's a big deal and like this is how you, like, you decide to follow Jesus, why is it? I've been coming to this church for a couple weeks now, a couple months, maybe a couple years even. And I don't remember us talking about baptism all that much. Uh, I don't remember this being like this like big step that you kept telling us that if we want to follow Jesus, we need to, to take. And I think that's very, very valid. And so I take total ownership of that, and I'll let you know why, and I hope this doesn't come across as an excuse. But here's why I haven't put as much focus on it as we should have been putting on it over the last couple of years. Uh, so we looked at the Great Commission earlier. Uh, I grew up uh, in a church. I grew up as a, as, as a Christian. Uh, and in the church that I grew up in and the kind of heritage that I grew up in, we put a ton of emphasis on baptism. Baptism was like a huge, really, really big deal. And what we would often talk about and what I was taught, or maybe in some cases just what I caught from other people, is, that, is the idea of therefore go and baptize people. Make sure that the most important thing is that we get baptized because we did honestly look at baptism a little bit like a check mark. We want to make sure people get to heaven. The way in which we're going to make sure people get to heaven is once once they've made that decision, they're kind of like made in the sun. Enough... Uh, we're actually at one point in my life, I was working for a church. I made a lot of videos. That's kind of one of the things I did for my job. So we made a video, uh, where we were going to do this evangelism strategy. Like how you tell people about Jesus. And our strategy was we were going to do drive by baptisms. Uh, so we made this video and we put some uh, people in the back of my truck and we're driving and it was all staged. It wasn't real, uh, but it's like people walking along the sidewalk and we have a trash can full of water. We're like, ah, Jesus loves you. Uh, and it was funny because that's a little bit how my, well, at least what I caught from my church growing up is that that would be enough. If we just like somehow got them baptized, then they would be okay. And I just, it, sure, I hope you've caught if you've been around our church very long, that's just not where my head and heart is. Uh, I therefore go and make disciples. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Uh, I, I want you to get baptized, but I want you to become a disciple. I want you to actually live this way of Jesus, because I am convinced it is the best way to live. Uh, I love for people to get married. I think it's awesome when people take that step. But one of the things that I'll to encourage people is sometimes people spend all this time getting ready for the wedding and prepping and saving for the wedding, but then they spend no time actually getting ready for the marriage. And the wedding is important, but like the real point of it is the wedding. Uh, I heard a dumb joke at one point in my life, and so a, a woman was sitting down with her husband and saying, "Like, how come you never tell me that you love me?" And the husband responded well, I told you on our wedding day, if it changes, I'll make sure to let you know. Uh, which is kind of the idea, I think, of some people when they are making these big commitments, like, yeah, if you get married, like, that's a big deal. But if, if you're not, like, growing in love, if you're not taking regular date nights, if you're not growing, like, you're missing, like, getting married wasn't right. The goal was that you could actually spend your life with this person. It was what you were communicating how you wanted to live the rest of your life. And so when it comes to following Jesus, we have put extra emphasis on the idea of not necessarily the step of deciding, but that we want you to become a follower of Jesus. But in that, we have underemphasized baptism. And I apologize for that because I think for some of us, maybe for you today, maybe for you in the next few weeks, the next few months, one of the big steps that you need to take is to go public with the decision. Because you've been kind of flirting around this for a while. You've gone on some dates with Jesus. You know, you, you had your first kiss. You know, you, you've kind of like, you've like tipped your toe in the water of this whole thing. But you need to make a commitment. And the reason why is same of why I think people say they want to get married. I think again because some of us, you need it. You, you, you need this line in the sand moment where you're like, I, I'm not gonna just toy around with this anymore. I I am going to become a Jesus follower, and I, I need it. I can't just I can't just like say it to myself. I need it to be public. Other people need to know. Again, I, I think Jesus needs to know. And I think other folks around you need to know. Uh, and so. If baptism is something that you are interested in, something you are thinking about, something you are considering, no pressure. This is not like a you need to do it. I don't know what step of the process you're in. But you, you can't like push pause. It's going to get weird. If, if you're always at like the first day, if, if at some point you need to make a bigger step in your life to say, "What is this thing really?" Uh, and so holding up the connect card, there's a a box on the connect card that if you're interested to have a conversation about, uh, how we can set up a time for you to get baptized, I would love to do that. If you want to talk about how you can get re-baptized, we'd love to talk about that. If you think, I, I think maybe it's like a month away, whatever it is, we would love to have the conversation and we would love for it just to be a much, much more normal thing because we want to be a group of people that are following Jesus, And we don't want to just follow Jesus a little bit. We want to become full-fledged disciples, followers of Jesus. And the way in which you decide that, the way in which you make public with that, is by deciding that you want to get baptized. Uh, Last, uh, we're going to uh, take communion uh, together. And you don't take it yet. We're going to have a moment where we can all take it together. But I I like the idea of of the define the relationship conversation. And this is a conversation that is going to regularly keep coming up. And Jesus' part of the conversation is already done. Jesus has already sat down. He has already said, I think we need to have a talk. And I want to let you know, this is what Jesus has said, is that I love you absolutely. I think you were worth giving up everything for. I would do anything to have a relationship with you, even if it cost me my life. Even if it cost me my son's life, whatever the cost, I want what I want to have a relationship with you forever. And then I think Jesus would pause, and look across the table, and say, "What do you think? That's how I feel about you. That's how I, That's how much I love you. How do you feel about me? At what stage? What What is this relationship really?" Am I just a teacher to you? Am I an advisor? Am I someone you're curious about? Or do you actually think that the things I'm telling you are actually the best way to live? Did you, I'm telling you who I am. I'm telling you that I am the son of God. Do you believe that I'm telling you the truth? Or do you think I'm a liar? I'm telling you that your sins can be forgiven right now. Do you believe me? What do you want this relationship to be? And then we have the choice of whether we're going to follow Jesus, whether we're going to make him the king of our lives or not. Uh, so as we take communion today, uh, just kind of re-engage that conversation with Jesus of how he feels about you and what your response will be. Uh, I'm going to pray. Uh, Monica is going to uh, play a little bit of music. And uh, anytime in the next few minutes, you can take some time to pray and you can take a communion. Uh, let me pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for the way in which you have loved us. And you have given us an opportunity that if we want to, we can follow you. If we want to, we can make you the king of our lives. That we can choose to listen to you in every way. We can make you the Savior, the Lord, the king of our lives. And I hope we do. Uh, Because I don't always do it perfect and you you love me and you forgive me and you forgive us which is amazing but i'm just i'm convinced that it's the best way to live and so for folks that are been hemming and hawing and aren't sure exactly what they should do i hope that maybe today maybe in the next few days next few weeks that the courage boils up in them where they say no Jesus isn't just a thing. He's not just a relationship in my life. He's not just a voice. He's the king of my life. And I want to make sure that everybody knows. Amen.